In honor of Pixels, what's an Adam Sandler thing that still makes you laugh? I'm Katie Rich, and I'm going with every hummus joke and you don't mess with the Zohan, especially the scene when the Israeli dad just puts hummus in his tea. I am Matt Patches. I'm going to go with Billy Madison, the end of the decathlon speech. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And I'm David Ehrlich. It was hard to find an example here, but I'm going to go with the wedding singer where he says, gee... You know, that information really would have been more useful to me yesterday. Man, every kid in my middle school used to talk like that. Really we do great Adam Sandler impressions. Yeah, we're, we really should be hired out for these things. Shame on you. Shame on you for doing your Adam Sandler impression. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good. Then, well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 79 for Tuesday, July 21st, the year of our Time Lord, Dr. Mitt Brown. That would be 2015 to you mere mortals. Uh, David, do we have any reviews this week? We actually have several. What? Whoa. Yeah. Um, why don't I read them to you? I would love that. Uh, actually, I can't remember what the last one that we read was. We may even have four. Oh my God. Uh, no, we have three. Okay, so we have three lovely reviews. Uh, each lovelier than the last, but I won't specify the order in which they came in. Um, we have a review from Mad Mads 28 who says, Fit for forever. Filled with intel... Oh, wow. Hold on. I have to do this review justice. Capital F space ILD with capital I space intelligent debate. Capital T space idolating conversation. Oh, I get where this is going. <laughs> w, Aki, inside jokes, and R, Aki's fun. In all seriousness, Fitwar is my favorite podcast. Great personal dynamics between the hosts, reliably entertaining and varied opinions. Oh, this, oh, wow, this is all coming back to me now. Uh, Patches equals Charlotte. David <laughs> equals Miranda. Katie equals Carrie. And Dave equals Samantha. Can I, someone I, very quickly explain why, why that is true or why it, it, it is? Uh, it is most certainly true. And uh, as anyone who happened to be awake... I think if you don't know that that's true, you have to just look inside yourself, really. Yeah, I, I had not stopped to consider the overwhelming truth of that statement until I read this review by Mad Mads 28, at which point I promptly had an existential crisis. Uh, <laughs> I want to know the best members iTunes of review. the uh, Entourage crew we all are. All right, that'll yeah. be for our next reviewer. Yeah, please. Uh, Kafka of the Nile says... Great podcast with well-rounded opinions that you will usually find you agree with at least one. Been listening since the podcast that shall not be named. That's some <laughs> fit war mythology for you guys. Dave will appreciate that. Keep up the good work. And finally, Lockland says, fighting, always with the fighting. As an avid <laughs> listener of film spotting, I've always sought out other shows that came close to the same experience of hearing great discussion on the medium and its relationship to the culture. And these, then I settled for this one. These guys come close. <laughs> they are fun. <laughs> Bright people with distinctive personalities. Katie Rich seems to be doing a little John impression at times with her frequent what? bursts of hey or yeah or what. <laughs> I called it. I really fell into that trap, didn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's perfect. But she often helps drive the conversation to a more productive place when it gets too didactic or negative, especially when David Ehrlich gets too ruffled. In parentheses, trust me there, I have a low tolerance for laziness. I, I have to say, and this is me speaking now, uh, I've read this review once or twice and I don't 
exactly know what he means by the laziness comment, but uh, sometimes a little ambiguity is good. Uh, Patches and Dave Seven also have good points of view as well, and they often surprise me in what they like and what leaves them coals. I think you're supposed to say cold. Thanks, guys, for all the conversations. Thank you, Lachlan, for listening. Thank you. Since you're pretty as soon as you came in the dome I just wanna chill, got a sack for us to roll Married to the money, introduced her to my stove Showed her how to whip and now she remixing for low She my track queen like As we record this, we're I think at the halfway point of uh, the second season of True Detective Which I stopped watching after two episodes So I've missed the part where everyone got frustrated with it but... A little bit more, we're, at, we're five-eighths of the way through, thank God Okay but I have spent my time instead much more wisely watching Friday Night Lights, which I started a couple weeks ago. Uh, we burned through the first season very quickly and then got so quickly to season two, which I have heard so many times is completely terrible. They restart it. Everyone on the show regrets it. it they get over it quickly. And I've been I've watched one episode, which is already pretty bad. And I'm wondering if I would make it through if I were watching this live. If like I didn't have people reassuring me that it got better again, if I would just give up at this point. And I think my giving up on True Detective kind of suggests that I would. And I'm realizing that I have a pretty bad track record for actually sticking with shows that get bad because I assume that if they get good again, someone will tell me I can go catch up on it. There's this infinite availability of shows that, to me, I don't think there's any reward in sticking through something when you've gotten frustrated with it. On the other hand, David hmm. has vowed to stick with True Detective Season 2, even though he is actively miserable watching it. I, I honestly think that it's the worst television show, uh, or season of a television show, rather, that I've ever determined to see all the way through. However, oh, that's, the- that's a very specific set of parameters. Yes, I, I was about to say, you should really go back and watch the first Ashton Kutcher season of Two and a Half <laughs> right. Men and I've, get back to me I've on what the worst television is. And that one you did commit to watching all the way through. I ha- yes. I was sentenced I'm to watch it. I'm not quite the glutton for punishment the Patches is, but this is television. Uh, I said the other night that it, it's making, as far as HBO goes, how to make it in America look like The Wire. I mean, it is inconceivably bad television. However, it is only eight episodes long, and we're five episodes of the way through it. Uh, and it's too much fun shitting on it every Sunday night, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. So I can give it three more hours of one eye of my time. Wow. So you're watching it, like, while doing other things at this point? Like, exactly. Not... Okay, so you're committing to a, to a small degree. Exactly. It's also kind of a dry spell in terms of television. Yeah, there ain't, I'm too tr- much else to do on a I'm Sunday night. watch off. something <laughs> old like I'm doing. It's been <laughs> I'm, great. I'm watching BoJack Horseman uh, at times, or... Uh, or, you know, 30 Rock my girlfriend. But I'm, I'm flat out turning television off when Ballers comes on. So even <laughs> I have my limits. Well, BoJack Horseman seems to have tested your, your patience as well. No, I'm enjoying at least it you now. stuck you stuck with it. It's, it's a different kind of investment. On Netflix, 30-minute episodes. You can watch them piecemeal. You don't have to keep track of a labyrinthine plot that would... Uh, I'm trying to... It's like... Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy on Tinkle Tattle Spoiler Spy. <laughs> different yeah, kind of right. uh, discipline. Uh, Patches. Okay, so you stuck through Two and a Half Men, but basically <laughs> because you're being paid to do so. Where do you That's stand true. on uh, driving through things that get rough? I mean, I guess I don't even start things that I think I'll give up on. Really. What? Wait, hang and I on. might as well stick with. I don't. Does really, that mean I you can... don't ever watch anything that's new that you don't already know is going to be great all the way through? No, it means I'll watch things that are new and I'll just keep watching them. Like if I'm going to watch something new, I'm re- I'm probably really going to watch it. And True Detective definitely falls in that category. This season is all over the map, but I find it uh, end- endlessly weird. And Nick Pizzolatto is is 
a strong voice, whether you like it or not. And what he brings to that show is unique, especially compared to the barren wasteland of television during the summer. So I will continually watch that show, and I knew I would. I wasn't going to give up on it. Um, I, I, I don't want to start something that I don't want to follow through on. It's, so I think I can easily detect if I, you know, based on early previews. I mean, I, I'm a regular consumer when it comes to television usually. So I'll watch a trailer and I'll decide if I want in or out. And, you know, something that has tested my patience. Um, I, I watched The Flash on uh, CW for a little bit over, I guess, last fall when I was freelancing. I'd watch it during lunch, but I would only watch the first half hour of every episode of The Flash. <laughs> And I never had to finish anything because there wasn't really enough payoff for it to really matter. The The beginning of the next episode would tease what you missed, and I was caught up, and I could just watch like the intros to every episode of The Flash. Now, that's a weird way to watch a show. That sounds like a waste no. of your time, too. But like, it wasn't. It was a lunch hour. <laughs> I'm looking for fluff here. Yeah, but you can watch like an episode of Silicon Valley on your lunch it's hour. Sure, well, I did that, too. Uh, I did and that I think too. I, I might be somewhat similar to Patches in that I... Uh, very seldom make I, I it's difficult for me to watch a show in its first season or before uh, it has been vetted um i have a very addictive personality i will voraciously consume something when i get into it but it, i have a very high threshold for uh for novels and and television shows and i've been trying to i started getting into hannibal uh <laughs> oh naturally about like two weeks before it was canceled now that it's been canceled yeah. well, no before it was canceled i would never have bothered after it were canceled midstream unless i heard that the ending was particularly satisfying um and i was really on board with the idea of seeing it through i know that everyone lo- unlike uh friday night lights everyone loves the second season of hannibal yeah um and i made it i struggled through like eight episodes of beautiful cinematography and just completely asinine psychology and Ridic- the food porn, David. The ridiculously food ridiculously poor store, uh, murder, like killers of the week type stuff, including the one episode that I didn't know until uh, retrospect had not been aired, not because of quality, <laughs> but because of content. Um, which David is so angry, or Dave is so angry that he's episode, not on this episode right now. Which was yeah. just it was just all it was almost true detective bad, but just looked much prettier. So I'll give it that at least. Uh, and I at about the ninth episode of the first season with the season one finale in sight and the story ostensibly picking up steam, pulled the ripcord uh, wow. and have not returned. That's uh, interesting. So I, I would rather on my subway commute to work, read a book or play as a nauseatingly inane iTunes game. Um, I couldn't do it anymore. So I guess, I don't know. I, it's, and you, that's you give up on things saying. thought through. I mean, you you kind of recognize that you're not invested and give up. I feel like that's basically... I'm worried that I'll become addicted. Like, I will not start Friday Night Lights. Everyone says it's great. But you know what? I think pop culture has distilled it into memes and, like, turned Coach... What's it? Coach Carter? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor? Coach, Coach Carter was Samuel L. Jackson basketball movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Coach Taylor... I got you. You give speeches. They're motivational. Men cry. Football in Texas. Drinking lots of wine. Amy Schumer did that joke. You oh, know, man. I get this whole show. You I don't what? need I've this show. I watched one season. Oh, so, okay, so one very quick pitch for Friday Night Lights. I wanted to start picking it up after getting through the season of Game of Thrones and watching two episodes of True Detective and saying, okay, I want something that is good that doesn't make me feel awful at the end of it. And it has really try Murder She Wrote. Of, that. of course, I could try Murder She Wrote. But uh, I've been really enjoying Friday Night Lights for that because it's a good reminder that great television doesn't have to be grim television, which is surprisingly hard to remember sometimes unless you're watching something like Veep or Silicon Valley. I guess it's a lot to ask for a television show that's kind of 
beyond I'm like beyond the moment it was happening beyond the conversation I think we've touched on this before that I'm just like I don't want to go back and relive this just to have it in the foundation of my pop culture memory or so that my conversations can be informed by it because it feels so appropriated by memes and by other pop culture you know That's comedy such especially a terrible way to let yourself but it's also Aren't it's not comfort food in, it's not comfort food um, it's because it's serialized storytelling, which so much television is now. It feels like an even bigger commitment. And there's such there's new stuff to experience. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I but like, like I'm so grateful I went back and watched The Wire because it's like it's like going and reading the classics and then understanding like so many shows now that were influenced by The Wire. Do like, you see Do you see Friday Night Lights in other shows now that you've begun to watch Friday Night Lights? Yeah. You see its cultural impact? Yeah, I, well, I've seen a lot of where the actors' careers have gone since then. Yeah. Well, that doesn't That's matter. But I will say that unlike Patches, I, and what Patches is, sounds like he's trying to avoid is exactly what I'm looking for, which is one show, rather than flirting with a bunch of different shows, I guess I want to be sort of temporarily monogamous with my television that will consume me, that I can get lost in, um, and that I can chase the dragon of how it made me feel to watch Mad Men. Maybe uh, The maybe, Wire yet? Uh, no, I, I, I'm shame. And I, I, That's I may a good one. Be just enjoying my shame at this point that I never want to even. I'm with you, start. David. I That's have never watched The Wire, mm. guys. You and I are together on this. But so I will say like, this: deni- when you're like, when you choose not to go back and watch these old things that people know are great, you're like denying yourself a pleasure that you know you're. The, the Wire have. is something like, you know I will do. It's not going to get bad. The you Wire know, will happen. Gotta, the Wire. But will I do hear the Wire does get bad. In the I season, mean, it gets is... less great, which is still better than most of what I've ever watched. But also with with television being so unfortunate most of the time i would like to save a sure a sure thing for the future although i will say uh to no one in particular and for no reason that if i were to try something right now i think the leading candidate would be rectify oh, yeah. yeah people seem to yeah. up my alley i have and, not watched that yeah also the return seems the french version of the return seems oh, to mm-hmm. what i'm waiting for uh, my That's girlfriend just watched broad church which seems okay i mean i like yeah. the location stuff but what i'm really waiting for uh, is the at this point still mythical second season of top of the lake which it's not it's it seems short anyone think that's happening that seems to be a thing yeah i mean it's been it announced real well and i it still is... haven't watched top of the lake so i'm oh, saying something great oh, for myself. it's also yes. it's also very short well here's my contradictory statement and just to kind of close out uh, help me work through this why do i not want to watch friday night lights but i just watched all of twin peaks in yeah days um which i adore how did I you mean, watch it is what it on Netflix? On my television. Is it on Netflix? What's the <laughs> Yes, format? it's on okay. Netflix. I have the uh, DVD box it's also set, All two seasons are on Netflix. It's also on a beautiful Blu-ray set. If, uh, if you dare to buy without watching. Yeah, my Twin Peaks DVD set bought in 2006 is a little outdated. Yeah, I was kind of inspired by True Detective and what I wish this season of True Detective was going to be. And my fiancé just blue velvet in theaters and we were like hey you know what we'll watch we'll watch uh, twin peaks because it's what we wish true detective was just flat out weird and really i guess that's the thing with friday night lights i've never been hooked by the the filmmaking behind friday night lights the television show that doesn't seem to stand out it's not like a great writer or something whose voice seems to be emitting from the page. When everyone talks about it, it's all in, like, Tumblr gifts and shit. And that doesn't That's really hook me. That's judging it based on its fan base, though. Yes, I am you know judging it. An, yes, like, so You what? know from The Legend of Korra, Legend of Korra had really obnoxious fans and also did really great things. No, it didn't. It had wonderful fans named Matt Patches, Dave <laughs> Gonzalez, and Joanna Robinson, and Devendra Hardawar. So, no, it did not have terrible fans. It had amazing fans. No, so, I stand by my statement. Friday Night Lights, get a podcast and send it to me and try and prove your worth. Oh, my God. If any of you guys want to do a Friday Night Lights podcast, 
podcast with me, I might have, I might not be able to resist. That was a call to listeners, not you assholes. <laughs> Mr. Matthew Patches, who's about to become Miss, Mrs. Michelle said. I think that's what you, that's how that works, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't Pat- believe there was not a she said yes hashtag. I was so upset in, for the both of you. David, your, your opportunity was to do that. Also, weddings, <laughs> most weddings have hashtags, so I feel like. Oh, nah, yeah, that's, 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 that's not really like a wedding thing. Nah, well. I mean, like, they hacky. will, with a last name like that, they will need a good hashtag or I, you know, will strike. Um, I'm going with uh, Patches said knock you out just as a preliminary hashtag. And we'll, I feel like one of your 18 siblings who's been married in the last six months has uh, used that or something. Some yeah, probably. Variation has used Patches said knock you out. <laughs> yeah, I was really offended. I'm yeah. like, that's clearly mine. What's <laughs> yeah, wrong with on you? Lockdown. Well, our, our listeners can come up with hashtags. Yeah, everyone come up wedding. with a hashtag for <laughs> Patches' wedding, and then uh, <laughs> then he'll invite you. That's a promise exactly. you can definitely fulfill. Anyway, in honor of Patch's pending nuptials, we wanted to talk, or I wanted to talk quickly about movies that not, don't just make you believe in love, but make you believe in sticking with one person forever, which I think can be a really different thing, especially as said in movies. And uh, it was my idea. I can go first. I was oh, going to go with... What? You want to go, go for first? It. I was going to say, like, I have the perfect answer for this. I was born ready for this No, question. I have the perfect answer. It better not be my answer. The answer it's Couples the- Retreat. Vince <laughs> Vaughn and whoever else was in that movie. Adam Sandler. Man, man of the Hour, right? Well, Wasn't he in that? No. No. That was Favreau. What? Oh, no. I'm thinking of the one of Just Go With It. You're thinking of Blended. Oh, shit. Then you are blended. No Adam Sandler movies make me want to get married. I'm going with the Philadelphia story, which is about uh, divorce, kind of. But it's about so how Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant are meant to be, not just because they're amazing and Catherine Hepburn and Her- Cary Grant, but because they know each other so well. And they spend the whole movie kind of torturing each other and making jokes. But... You, they know each other from having been married, and that means they should get back together. And also, Philadelphia story is, is so yar. It's so great. So yar. David, right. what was the what was your answer that yeah. you were oh, born? To my deliver? answer to this is definitely a more, uh, which sure. is the, the happiest the happiest was, film about marriage ever made. And I mean that completely seriously. What is it's marriage? It's extremely romantic. Yeah, what is it was going to be my answer. Not a fail safe to have somebody. I mean, it's the best possible outcome for a marriage, other than. Uh, the unlikely event of having simultaneous heart attacks or dying in a terrible accident, which doesn't really sound like a happy alternative, I suppose. Um, but uh, of having somebody there to take care of you and uh, after all that you've been through together, it's very, very romantic, as Patch has said. Uh, I, I would never think of any other movie for this, for this question. Answer. Although that's the sort of thing that like getting engaged does to you. You're like, well, that check that off the list. One step closer to death. And then yeah. you just you look at her and think, God, I'm going to watch you die. Can't wait to smother you with or, a pillow or to save you from your... <laughs> she'll get to watch him die, which, you know... Either so romantic. That's uh, true. Passage was more your choice. Who will die? Uh, it was certainly on my mind when thinking about this question, but now I'm going to go with um, a, a more modern answer, something that I watched not too long ago. Um, maybe, maybe it inspired me to pop the question. It did not, but I enjoyed it immensely, <laughs> and it was Neighbors. Hey! 
Yay! Which both of you, I think, have cited as a, a, a romantic film. In it the is past. a great also, movie to see a week after you get married. I can tell you that. It's oh yeah, that a was great a great movie to life. see. Period. I mean, I just think it makes you feel like no matter what you encounter with your loved one, you'll make it. And there's such like a they they know each other so well. They're a great couple in that movie, and they're they're. They're ready to experience anything, and that's I find that deeply romantic. A great marriage of someone who has pizza waiting for you in bed. I, I literally have a countdown clock above my desk for Neighbors Two next May. You're, Wait, you really? have you Neighbors have a countdown clock for a sequel. I, Interesting. I, it's okay. It's not you a hack. I, I guess the word literally was misused there, and that it's completely <laughs> fictional, and I just made it up. But uh, I'm very excited. I want uh, the Universal movie. Marketing team to now send you a clock. Please, that would be amazing. <laughs> Mississippi putting it down. I'm the hottest round. I told your mother, y'all can stop me now. Listen to me now. I'm less than 20 rounds. And if you want me, then come and get me now. Is you with me now? Friday, Adam Sandler has a new movie coming out, and I guess we can be grateful that it's not another grown-up sequel. So that's a small favor. That's true, but are they going to complete the trilogy? We're all waiting. I, I know. We all want to know. Is Lautner going to reprise his groundbreaking role as not a werewolf? He uh, kind of did parkour in it and then graduated to a real parkour. You know, that parkour could have been really useful in protecting the world against the uh, invading video game <laughs> aliens. Yeah, there's a shared universe. It's the same <laughs> characters from Grown Ups who are now in oh. Pixels. Oh, and Kevin James becomes president, which is terrifying it's fate. Anyway, we'll life. get into Pixels later this week. But uh, kind of inspired by seeing Pixels and then also the fact that uh, Patches did an interview with Tim Hurley, who co-wrote Pixels and many other Adam Sandler movies. I, don't, I can't do the roll call. Yeah, has Patches written most of them and the ones he didn't write, he's produced. Wait, he's Patches, basically is this been the around guy, forever. Is this the guy who tweeted last week that he, some like, you know, smarmy tweet about how he heard that there was a standing ovation at the Pixels uh screening at the Universal Lottery company it is. I can't imagine he would do that. He does not seem like someone who okay. is on. One of the Pixels writers tweeted something to that effect and I was like, oi, like, you know everyone's going to load this movie. <laughs> now I'm dying to know how many people were paid to write Pixels. Uh, anyway, Adam Sandler has a track record for making some pretty terrible movies. He's got a Netflix series coming out that uh, people who are in it have accused of being racist. It's a no. You know, he has he has six next Netflix movies. Oh movies. God, that's right. He is that's along he's with Karen Fukunaga of, changing cinema. He is, uh, and Adam Sandler has had a long career and he's had some successful movies. He's had some flops and has you know really pleased a lot of people who have seen it. And I came, you know, I come out of Pixels kind of thinking the same thing as always, which is like, what happened to Adam Sandler who was funny? Why can't he do Punch Drunk Love? Yada, yada. But I kind of wonder at this point, and this might just be Stockholm Syndrome, like, does Adam Sandler owe us to make good movies anymore? Does anyone who is making money for their studio, recruits their investment, is satisfying themselves creatively, do, should they give a shit whether or not we're happy, even like people who are fans of his and want him to do better? Like, well, I think if you asked him, him, he would tell you that he's trying to make good movies, movies that make you laugh. He's not trying. That's why I like interviewing these people. Uh, like Tim Hurley is, he's written a lot of movies I don't like, but he's a funny guy, and he actually he was a lawyer. Um, he was a lawyer way back when. 
they were writing Billy Madison. He never really thought he was going to be a writer or a comedian. Uh, he started off just, they were roommates in college, him and Sandler. And then Sandler started doing stand-up and Tim was just writing jokes for his set. And then he just fell into comedy writing. And the two of them and how they describe their relationship is really interesting because Tim loves writing genre movies. And Sandler is the one who's like, needs more human, needs more human elements, which is why there's always like a romantic plot. And there's always scenes of kid. him just acting like a normal guy. He's never really the crazy guy. Maybe in That's My Boy, he's crazy. Jack and Jill, he gets to be a little crazier. But a lot of these more recent movies have been human because that's what Sandler wants to do. So I think they want to make... They want to make real, genuine comedy uh, that that pleases audiences. They don't set out to make awful movies that are hacky and just G-rated to cash in. But no, and nobody they, they're, does. They're exactly. what they do, maybe in at odds with each other, especially in these recent years. I don't. What do you think of Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and these early? Uh, joints of theirs, if you will. Uh, these movies that I think people think they're pretty funny, and they were funny in 1995. I laughed at Billy Madison. Oh yeah, it was a it was a different time in our culture. But I tend to think of Adam Sandler. What does that mean? Wait, actually, follow through with that. <laughs> I, what, what 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 was different? Because I always want to put my finger on this, and something has obviously changed. We touched a little bit on this podcast about how the Apatow era, when where dialogue was kind of prioritized over slapstick comedy or crazy kooky characters in the 90s, maybe could get away with that. And maybe that's what Sandler's problem is. And maybe we were more in tune with Billy Madison back then. But I wonder if that's really the case, if that's cultures, what you mean. Cultures change. It's not to say they necessarily improve. But I mean, if you look back at comedies that were uproarious in the uh, the 30s and the, the golden age of screwball, if you look at the classic scene at the end of um, Sullivan's Travels, where they're watching cartoons and laughing hysterically, which is probably exaggerated even at that time, but was closer to the realm of reality than it is now. You know, audiences change with what they're in tune with. And I think that, you know, if, if uh, this is a, you know, a hypothetical argument, but let's say there were no Adam Sandler and Billy Madison, he was, he just released Billy Madison out of the, out of the ether today. Um, I think it would be panned and would probably not, uh, oh, it was panned then. Don't worry. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think that it critics would even, panned it. They would even have the cultural touchstone that it that it did then. Um, See, I think that's less about about culture and more about Adam Sandler that we've seen him do that shit so many times. Maybe. So, like, it's not like it's more. It's not just that Adam Sandler is making movies that to me are lazy, even if they don't feel that way to him, but that he's been doing the same thing for so long. I mean, the grown up sequels are the best evidence of just how incredibly like. I, limited you can get in your ideas and the kind of I'm going to disagree with you because and I think the Three Stooges movie is a good case study here about what people saw especially in marketing and trailers and they saw the worst movie ever it just looked horrible all this slapstick bullshit like it just looks so bad or like um oh god what's her name from Modern Family who was in it or, with uh, the boobs I don't oh, Sophia know. Vergara Sophia, Sophia Sophia Vergara wasn't in Three Stooges. She should have been. I can't even remember. But, like, everyone just thought it looked awful. And the people who actually gave it the time of day really enjoyed it because it was a throwback to Three Stooges. It was pure. It was well-intentioned. And it was well-executed. It's a funny movie. It's really, really stupid. And I think people saw this again with Dumb and Dumber. Wait, Dumb and Dumber Er? Is that what came out last year? I think so. Um, You know, I think that movie really split people. Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber 2, yeah. T-O-O. T- no, oh. T-O. 
Oh, you're right. Wow. Oh, that was an extra effort. layer. Team Sorry, effort. that other unofficial sequel is making me dizzy. But anyway, I mean, that movie really split audiences down the middle. I thought it was hilarious for most of the runtime, and other people thought it was awful. It's just like dredging up the stupidest shit and slapping it on screen. And isn't that what Adam Sandler's contending with? I, I don't think Billy Madison would really hit anywhere if it came out today. And he's doing different movies because of that. I think Grown Ups is more of a reaction to the modern era, him trying to fit into a new peg than it is the same old shit. It doesn't feel like Billy Madison at all because there's no Scooby-Dooby-Doo! Scooby-Doo! No, that's true. I mean, he's like he's evolved in some way along that way, but I'm trying to think of a time when I felt like I was seeing him. I mean, I guess that's my boy is his time of playing a character, and it flopped, so now he's back to just wearing That's like, my boy is a really fucking shirt. funny movie, I, I will have to it. say. And you know what? In our, mini, our, our uh, lightning round, I was going to say, before we answered, I asked you if it had to have Adam Sandler in the scene, and I wanted to pick something with Sandler in it. But one of the scenes from Jack and Jill is Al Pacino singing about um, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkachinos? the Dunkachino commercial, which is after like 90 minutes of the awfulness that is Jack and Jill is still one of the funniest things I saw in 2011. I mean, come wow. on, Al Pacino, Dunkachino, that's funny. And I think this is the problem that this Tim Hurley's Adam Sandler collaboration has run into, that the stars were aligning back in the 90s when they could just throw around crazy ideas um, and then with Jack and Jill, Tim didn't write that, but it's still like Adam trying to be a human character and have human drama around this comedy, and but still play wacky characters and still have sitcom situations. They don't really go in one direction. All these movies seem at odds with each other, and when we review Pixels, I think we'll get there too. Um, suffers a similar uh, kind of dual identity, and... I don't know. Bull, uh, uh, m- movies like Wedding Singer and Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, they don't seem to do that. I mean, they're still, they're still real characters. Happy Gilmore especially. He's just a guy, right? He just has an amazing talent for hitting golf balls or hockey pucks. And I should really emphasize hockey because I'm sure David... David, do you like Happy Gilmore? You must. It's about hockey. It's certainly better than some of his other movies. Um, that is very famous. So what? What is that? You, you're not an Adam Sandler fan, and I'm not sure I'd call myself that either. Um, but what doesn't do it for you? What is his failure? What like was he destined to ever make a good movie? I actually didn't really like him on Saturday Night Live at all. No, and like his movies quite a bit more. Yeah, he wasn't great on Saturday Night Live, um, and everything really did start to go. Like there was. There was hope there before Little Nicky, which I think is when everything really went off a cliff. That's when they got um, money. I think yeah. that was part of their problem, too. Not money in terms of, like, cash in. We just want our, you know, paychecks to I mean, get out. But, like, we're going to spend money on creating a hellscape and hiring every actor under the sun to be in it. I mean, I think uh, we have to, even if it's just lip service, at least mention this conversation that Adam Sandler has starred in two wonderful movies, uh, which are uh, Punch Drunk Love and Funny People. And funny, funny people, people is man. I can't believe funny, funny, people, funny people. Funny people will week. be remembered. I I promise by you. you. Oh no, it God. will be remembered as one of the better films of uh, the last decade. Um, <laughs> one uh, of the better, maybe. That that wording gives me a lot of flexibility. But um, I I really think that it is getting better than age. Uh, and it's also it's so honest and it's so true. And it also makes his career that much more repugnant because it confronts you with the fact that he is self-aware. He is completely, uh, he's fully aware 
um, the cynicism of his career, his decisions, and he mocks his own movies in the film and all the parodies that his character, his George Simmons character, is in. And he went right back to doing more movies like that because um, yep. I guess Jack he needed Jill to buy came, right, came not yeah, that. he needed to buy more pairs of shorts or whatever he wants to wear to but that's the cynicism I don't understand the cynicism necessarily they're not good movies but I don't really detect the 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 ignorance to what he's creating um, even if he can poke fun at his own career to suggest that he can't go back and make something wacky like Jack and Jill but Jack and Jill is wrong. not just wacky I mean it's it's Literally, it almost funny people feels like viral marketing for it. It's so dead on, um, and how it, it's just this like baseless whoop a dee doo. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if he was twins? If I was some horrible, like, <laughs> screeching monster of a woman because women in Adam Sandler movies are almost but then oh god, okay, so that I, is a huge, huge problem. That is a real problem. Yeah, the women in the women, before we get to the women, which we could spend an entire second talking about, and uh, I'll let Patrick run with that. I'd have to just say two words, which are the and cobbler. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's on Netflix now, right? People can yeah. watch this movie. Which, yes, and that's, I believe so. And that probably started as one of his attempts to do something a little bit uh, closer to Middlebrow and Yoif. Anyway, and the women problem uh, is, is. Well, there's maybe men, not women, and children. Did you that. see that one? I saw part of it on cable. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> I'm fully aware that I don't need to see anymore. Well, so anyway, that's the thing, like. Punish Adam Sandler for a lot of things, but taking chances is not one of them. I really do think he does that. That I believe him when he says he wants to do different types of movies every single time. He'll do That's My Boy, his first R-rated movie. He'll do Hotel Transylvania, a crazy CG movie. He'll do Grown Ups 2, which is just his buddies, and is probably more personal than we'll ever give it credit for. Yeah, no, Grown Ups, they're bad, but like they seem to be coming from a real place. But give him credit, because he'll do Men, Women, and Children, a fair attempt. Like, if you saw that cast and that crew on yeah. a piece of paper, you'd sign up and do it. Or yeah. The Cobbler, I mean... The Cobbler should have been a fucking great movie. Uh, uh, t- Tom McCarthy is a great writer-director. Who knows what the fuck went wrong with that? Like, who meddled and where it all steered incorrectly? But it was a it was a worthy risk. And this is all after Funny People. This is all after Bedtime Stories, a crazy big kids movie for his kids. And then that's after You Don't Mess with the Zohan, which is really something totally radical for him, playing a wacky... It's like a Mike Myers movie with Adam Sandler. Give him credit for that. Um, yeah. They're bad, though. <laughs> I think... No, okay, so not to specifically talk about women problem, but kind of an other people problem in Adam Sandler movies, I think is a really big part of where I do start feeling like it's lazy. Like, he and Tim Hurley, he will write the jokes that they think are funny for them, and they'll write himself a bunch of good jokes, and then they will cram the movie with these, like, caricatures or waste of space characters or plot devices and just have no room for anybody else and that's what kind of confuses me when you say that he apparently is always trying to make it more human because it's really just about himself well i think you find long stretches where adam sandler will sit down and just talk to a character about feelings or about their place in the world and that doesn't seem to gel nothing they're not cohesive. I think that's the problem with these movies. And what they're really trying to be, I mean, this is removed from my conversation with Tim, but these guys love, first off, they love cartoons. Second, they love Rodney Dangerfield movies. And they love Animal House. They come from this time where every kid their age, you know, in the 70s and probably in the 80s too, just devoured Animal House, devoured National Lampoon movies, put Rodney Dangerfield on a pedestal, 
you can't make those movies today, and they're still trying to make them, which I find really interesting. Um, they just the dynamics between men and women is wrong. The time of, the type of like one liner comedy doesn't play today. It's exactly what David was saying. Culture has moved on from these movies that are totally revered by people in the comedy world and they're still trying to make them. It's a and mistake And if you're trying us. to make the same movies that you loved when you were a little kid, like maybe it's time for you to grow up a little bit. Well, that's what I find so interesting about, you know, they're making this Western for Netflix, The Ridiculous Six, which has come under fire already for its kind of mistreatment of Native Americans. Um, and if they're doing kind of old school blazing saddle style caricatures of cowboys and Indians, well, that's going to be a huge problem. And you can understand why people are already revolting or trying to sweep stuff under the rug. But, you know, these guys want to play in genre. They want to play with the money they're given to make these movies. And they want to take these chances again. They w- can anyone make blazing saddles today? That's a burning question. When why does this anyone movie comes need out. to make blazing saddles today? Because you want to make a huge, funny. Western comedy. Can you do it? And and Blazing Saddles is the bar that's been set, so people aim for it. I mean, I didn't see a million ways to die in the West, so I guess I can't. Oh God! Well, oh God! That's on HBO Go right now. If anyone dares oh, to watch it, maybe I will. Um, yeah, Adam Sandler is a conundrum though, because I'm I I think back and I'm like, did it ever work? Did he ever work as a movie star? And he was obviously huge. People went to see him. People loved The Water Boy. Yeah. Am I alone? Like that, everyone you knew around 1998 loved people, the Water Boy. Definitely went to see the Water Boy. Maybe you he were not Cajun friends accent. with the right people. He did. You can do it. Did you know that he was sued by Harold Lloyd's estate for the Water Boy? Over the Water Boy. Yes. What, what's the connection to Harold Lloyd? Um, Is it the so, plot of The Freshman? Yes, that's exactly ah. it. They thought they infringed wow, on The Freshman. And the best, that I, when I talked to him, you, can, you can read this in the interview, hopefully, as long as it doesn't get edited down to nothing. Um is that, of course, it's not ripped off the freshman because when Adam Sandler and Tim Hearley were at NYU, uh, you know, in the 90s or whatever, they were just boozing around, totally drunk, and they would not know where to go to even see the freshman in a repertory theater. Yeah, I was going to say, Adam Sandler's reaction to that lawsuit was probably, who is Harold Lloyd? (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly it. Um, So these guys, which is a testament, I guess, to what they know about comedy that if you can emulate something like Harold Lloyd without really knowing Harold Lloyd you're you are channeling a kind of legacy of comedy that I don't think Harold Lloyd could make his movies today no I mean that oh clearly that's the case but is there some you sort of modernized movies of course you can't <laughs> well I know that but like slapstick hey, slapstick Augie in general is got gone. away with the artist oh, Jesus. so yeah. it's possible oh <laughs> uh, so does Adam Sandler owe us anything, Katie? That's what you, does he owe you something? That was your original it was thirty question. bucks. I kind of so went a long into story. it. I kind of went into it thinking no, just because I do think if someone's going to make money like in this purely capitalist sense, if you're going to make money doing what you're doing, then you by all means are allowed to. He's not really hurting anybody. But then I see Pixels and I see it contain, and we'll talk about this more later, it has two female characters who have no lines of dialogue at all but are implied to sleep with male characters. And it's crazy. Wait, can and you give me some context? I'm trying to understand a scenario where that would be possible. I Stick around for the Pixels <laughs> review and you'll find yeah. out. Right. So, yeah, I kind of, something... I, at a certain point, I start feeling like if you're going to have as prominent a place in culture as Adam Sandler and he has held on to it somehow... Uh, maybe you should be a little more just like just tell a story and not just make jokes that make you laugh in whatever scenario you want to come up with. 
That's interesting. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically suggesting that what comedy was able to do in the movies for a very long time is no longer functional. It dies with Adam Sandler, really. Because I, I do you mean, see anyone else trying to make Adam like Sandler type movies? Isn't allowed anymore, and I don't think that's true. Well, who does slapstick? Well, like Neighbors, ha- Neighbors has lots of good slapstick in it. It's just not a slapstick movie, you know. Like it still is totally doable. I mean, the Twenty One Jump Street movies, like this is the end. There's a ton of crazy slapstick. Yeah, the slapstick is just coated in in a layer of intelligence. Uh, yeah, God I guess. Forbid. Which is not to say with- that you know classic slapstick at its best was highly intelligent. It was just of a, a intelligence of a kinetic sort. I when yeah. I think about Adam Sandler and people making that sort of movie today, um, it's a very prevalent around the world, particularly in Asia uh, and like Taiwanese and Chinese comedies feel very similar to a little bit more American Pie than Adam Sandler, but I see that thread running through them. But I think of Seth MacFarlane in the States, who uh, is doing a lot more referential stuff that's less self-contained. Seth MacFarlane definitely knows who Harold Lloyd is, but uh, it's targeting the same the same demographic for sure. Wait, what, what was your connection to... Did you say Taiwanese cinema? Yeah, I've seen a lot of Taiwanese movies recently out of like the New York Asian Film Festival and the like that felt like they were after that juvenile sense of, of humor, but right. they were more in like the teen sex vein than like the outright Adam Sandler vein. And Adam Sandler movies are interesting because they, they take place in their own self contained universes for the most part. Um in, in how the comedy works, uh, which is like sort of the opposite of something like Judd Apatow or Seth MacFarlane. But I do feel like Seth MacFarlane's comedy targets the same audience by uh, and goes to the same ends by different means yeah the 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 foreign cinema connection especially Taiwanese cinema I think I see that in it's because Sandler isn't necessarily slapstick he's not Pratt falling he's not Farley who is doing his thing almost at the same time he couldn't do that Farley thing even if he was good at it I don't think he is he is that ooby dooby scooby doo voice you know he does crazy voices he's a cartoon character right (laughs) And he lost that at some point. He had, like, after Waterboy hit the the ceiling with that crazy, his southern, his Cajun man character from SNL, basically, in a movie. Um, and after that, that was really it. He didn't do the crazy voices anymore because I don't know if it expired or the audience wouldn't take it anymore. That That well ran dry. But that also feels very foreign to me. I don't know. David, am I, am I crazy to think that that, like, weird affectation or gesturing is is a form of comedy that we don't see a lot here but maybe extends beyond us absurdist mannerisms I yeah know. i don't think that adam sandler got it from them but i think that uh, uh oh no he, gonna, see he didn't go to repertory theaters for harold lloyd he went for the foreign <laughs> for the Asian <laughs> well cinema. i wonder i actually uh and this is information we could probably find if i thought to look for it sooner but i wonder how adam sandler's movies perform internationally i wonder if uh if because they don't rely on um, the same references that Seth MacFarlane movies do, for for instance, uh, if they have a greater international appeal, perhaps that's why he's able to keep making them. Well, unfortunately, in multiple languages across Asia, "ubi scooby dooby doo" means uh, "fuck you." Yeah. So, no, <laughs> it, they don't do that well. Uh, uh, Adam Sandler. Here we go. Thanks for listening to today's Fighting in the War Room. We'll be back on Friday to review Pixels and Southpaw and something David saw. So. I think we're going to touch on a lot of things. Like a and something round. David saw. That's we what saw we call foreign saw. movies on I saw it. Now. I can't read subtitles. I saw that one. There's no hope for me. Uh, we might even just review Ant-Man again just to get David riled up more. So stay tuned. In the meantime, tell the people who you are. 
Yeah, we're, we'll review the Ant-Man credit sequence, or post-credit <laughs> sequence. Um, I'm Matt Patches. I'm the senior writer at Esquire.com. And I'm on Twitter, at Mr. Patches. And we have a website, fightinginthewarm.com. We post all the episodes. You can comment, you can share. You can do all that jazz, fightinginthewarm.com. I'm David Ehrlich. I'm the associate film editor of Time Out New York, the editor-at-large for the White Lies magazine, where we're in the midst of a uh, large project uh, in... Uh, conjunction with our new issue, which is all about the 50 greatest working female filmmakers, we are posting lists on littlewhitelies.co.uk of the 100, or uh, just 100, not the 100, but 100 great films directed by women in chronological order. It's really fun. You should check it out. Uh, and you can find all of us together on Facebook at Fighting in the War Room. And I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at vanityfair.com or on Twitter at Katie Rich, A-T-E-Y-R-A-C-H. Twitter's also the place where you can find all of us fighting, hugging, talking to you at FITWR. It's also the place where you can answer this week's lightning round question. Patches, what was it? In honor of Pixels, what's an Adam Sandler thing that still makes you a Never again want to hear that noise. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you on Friday. Diesel gas sucks my ass. That pile of gas of shit. Oh, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? To get stuck with you, you're too hard for drive through, and you smell like tissue, but I'm too broke to buy something new. Oh, fuck me. Fuck me.